This is Robert Mardlachi, Chief Digital Publisher of the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to This Week in Canadian EdTech. I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment. Our closing keynote at the 10th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit in Vancouver, December 5th and 6th at the Centennial High School in School Division SD43 Coquitlam. Naomi Harm, who is an ISTE faculty member. She is an educational technology thought leader and influencer. She welcomes every opportunity to share her expertise of women leadership and instructional STEM best practices with educational leaders worldwide. Her professional learning and keynote offerings of focus include mentoring young girls and women to pursue passion-driven STEM careers, facilitating engineering and CS learning challenges infused with coding, robotics, and makerspace activities, redesigning classroom spaces and learning experiences with the brain in mind and maximizing creativity, communication, collaboration through Q-draft instructional frameworks and edu protocols to support student-centered classroom. Naomi, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Well, thank you so much, Robert. It is a privilege and an honor to be speaking with you and to share our love for learning and focusing on what we can do to help transform our world of education for our students. Well, so tell me, have you actually been to Vancouver in the past? Because it is considered one of the most beautiful cities in North America. You might want to try to spend an extra day if you can for sightseeing. I have not been actually in Vancouver, but I've been in two other wonderful, beautiful locations in Canada, from Saskatchewan to Saskatchewan, um, working with some amazing library media specialists, administrators, and technology coaches. And I can't wait for the opportunity to join you because I hear that Vancouver is one of those wonderful little hidden gems that is the most beautiful, relaxing places on earth to enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're honored to uh, be hosting you at the 10th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit as a closing keynote, um, as a faculty member of, of ISTE. Perhaps you can share a little bit about ISTE's uh, programs that you're kind of uh, ushering along. It's, it's fascinating. It's you've got some AI uh, mixed in the equation with STEM. Absolutely. What I'd like to share with you, because in case of our online listeners don't know what the acronym is, uh, is ISTE, because you know in education we have all of these beautiful acronyms, but ISTE stands for our International Society for Technology and Education. And this wonderful organization provides our leadership for technology literacy standards and a skill set for our teachers, for our administrators, and for our students, and also for our coaches. What's so wonderful about this is I've had the opportunity to partner with ISTE along with a team of other phenomenal nationwide women leaders uh, to design some coursework, um, not only for mobile learning, global collaborative learning, but also for AI, for artificial intelligence. And we're really finding that our teachers uh, that are participating in this online blended coursework are fascinated with the opportunity to create 
kind of like an automated streamline of communication with their students of how to best meet them through virtual mentors, teacher assistants, interactive chatbots, but but how to help kids with really understanding the importance of an algorithm and coding. Fascinating. Now, the ISD conference is an annual pilgrimage for a lot of Canadian education leaders. And uh, that's where I came to know ISTE. And, and you, you've got uh, the next one happening in California in, at the end of June of 2020. That's correct. It's going to be hosted this year in, uh, in for 2020 in Anaheim, California. What a beautiful location. And uh, we welcome the opportunity for you as teacher friends to come and join us. Um, I've met many a good friend there from Canada, and we've had a great time um, conversing and really sharing and kind of swapping stories out of best practices of what teachers do from in Canada, but also what we do in the United States. So I always say together we're better. And by sharing those stories, that's how it enriches our teaching instruction. But we find more ways to inspire our students with more relevant and real world learning applications. Absolutely. And uh, the formal portion of the program is one part of it. And then it's the informal co-learning that exists around the conference. I love the collaboration that, that ISTE's nurtured in creating those, uh, you know, learning uh, pods and, and spaces that are conducive to that. I 100% agree because there's at times that you may become overwhelmed by actually the choice of opportunity of so many sessions. So they've really maximized building a stronger learning of community. So offering to kind of unplug and take a session with a friend or sit down and have a cup of coffee or some water. And let's just have a deeper conversation about what you're truly passionate about, or even better yet, identifying a struggle or a challenge that you have and network with a group of educators and administrators and even students to help you find new solutions and come up with a better strategy of how to approach a new instructional uh, teaching methodology. Or maybe it's just the way of a very informal way to connect with students at a more relevant and personalized level with each of them. Absolutely. Now you've got me super excited about it. And we always enjoy partnering and we host a Can-Am reception that we'll make sure you get an invitation to uh, each year uh, when we're down at ISTE. Uh, I'd like to say that it's never been a more exciting time to be in education. Without giving away too much of your talk, what drives your passion uh, in the ed tech space? Well, what really drives my passion in the ed tech space is really the focus on women leadership when it comes to educational technology. But how can we afford the opportunity to provide girls with more STEM learning experiences, but also to how to help boys and girls create basically an environment where they're going to create their futures? Because our students right now are part of their educational system and the teachers that are teaching them, we're really preparing our students for almost an unknown world. And how do we teach our kids a skill set that we don't even know what's going to afford them in the future? So what's exciting and what really resonates with me is I love the opportunity for that cognitive flexibility, meaning we can emphasize the importance of helping our students really empathize with that social intelligence, 
a better understanding one another when we problem solve and we strategize together. So that means that we're including more opportunities for kids to be really inventors of their learning, helping them to create and make and wonderfully explore with these different types of brainstorming techniques and prototyping techniques to create a product that they can actually test and see if it works. Because we need these creative thinkers and these types of students that can persevere, that when they get stuck, that they feel like I can continue on. I can ask a student. I can collaborate with a student. I can be okay with not knowing the right answer. And let's come up with a strategy to help each other to solve for something that we can make it 10 times better than we ever thought possible. So again, it's that creative mindset mindset of innovative thinkers is what really keeps me up at night to drive my passion to help mentor those girls. So inspiring. Um, and so we talk about the seven C's uh, as part of C21 Canada and, and that communication, collaboration and creativity, critical thinking. And oftentimes that creativity piece is something that we don't spend enough time on, um, my sense is. And when you look at the engagement levels of students, there is an inverse effect. As kids come into the system, they're super engaged, super excited. And then, you know, if, if you don't create exciting curriculum and opportunities, then, you know, the inverse happens. And that's where I love your notion or your focus around creativity. Mm -hmm. When it comes to best practice, what are some of the insights that you might offer schools or district administrators uh, looking to pivot and embrace schools of the future and really aim at future-proofing their students? Well, the bigger picture of that, in order for that creative mindset, it, it's a new way of thinking. You know, how do you approach curriculum? How do you approach even teacher instruction and getting everybody on the same page to build a collaborative, shareable leadership strategy? And because of that, to get those schools on board, even administrators and teachers need to experience it first. We can talk about it, but they actually need to be entrenched with it. So I really believe in professional development where students and administrators actually put on the hat of a student again, that they are totally immersed in a learning experience through a design thinking strategy or a process. And that has been very, very successful for me as an educational leader to solve our biggest challenges that when we're confronted, even if we're rewriting curriculum, if we're trying to prepare our kids for the, for the year of 2030, we need to be extremely innovative in our thinking, in our mindsets, and also the opportunity to really actively listen to understand. And that's where that social emotional learning comes in. We need to have more opportunity to have deeper conversations, even putting the technology to the side, and really look at facial context clues and listening to body language to empathize and putting on ourselves in someone else's place or quote unquote shoes, we could say. And I think we could solve more problems because we need to build our communication, our collective intelligence, and really know that by together, we are better by collaborating and working together to understand 
where we want to go on this next basically journey for our kids and how to prepare them for 2030. Fascinating. Are there any districts you might suggest to model around from the U.S. or other countries, perhaps? Well, what I'm really th seeing within the U.S., I, I really have to call out one of my one of my school districts that I've worked with, and this is actually in Wisconsin. And our school in Wisconsin is called the Howard Schwamical School District. They are near Green Bay, Wisconsin. I've been working with them for mm -hmm. several years. I just spent an amazing summer with them this last summer, and they are one that does a lot of future proofing. And what I mean by that is they are really looking at the whole child. And what does that whole child need, whether it's with social and immediate needs, tangibility needs, what they need to do to help that child be successful, whether they choose to go off to college or right into a career. But I really like the way that they have really addressed of looking at and how they've modeled it after the future ready thinking and creating, it's called graduate mm -hmm. profiles. What does it look for a student when a student continues on their journey within kindergarten through 12th grade in the U.S.? How do we know a, a mm -hmm. student is successful? How can we ensure that when that child leaves to whichever future path they choose, they will be successful in anything that they can do? And I really have to commend the school district because of the way that they've strategized as a shared community of learners because they bring in their community members, their school board members, they have students on the councils as well, but they bring in their teams of leaders from instructional coaches and, and technology coordinators. So it really is a collaborative initiative that everybody's voice is included and they continue to move everyone so that everyone is successful and they are not leaving anyone behind. Fantastic. Well, congratulations for helping nurture that in, in, in your collaboration with them. Um, much has been said about the skills gap. What do you see as some of the jobs of the future that we need to be preparing our students for? Case in point, you know, uh, STEM is gaining a lot of steam in Canada. Right. You know, the jobs of the future, like we said, there will be some that we will know, especially when you look at the at the forecasting on the horizon, we know anything within the health industry with technology. Because when we're looking even at sustainability over time and finding cures for illnesses, our healthcare in general, um, finding cures for some of the diseases that are out there. So we know that health technology is huge. But that also means that we need a very strong infrastructure meaning that we need an infrastructure that is secure and safe uh, from cyber attacks. But at the same time, we also need to look at automated technology and green um, sustainability that we can live within our world and be safe and protected from global climate change. So because of that, we need students that are innovative thinkers that can think at the bigger picture to help solve our world's greatest challenges and knowing that they can create something that is going to support and a, and a culture for good, meaning that they have a purpose to contribute to, they have a value add, and they know that they can sustain our world because we are in it right now to help and solve 
our world's problems because we want the best for our future generations, which are our children, our sons, our daughters, our grandchildren. Absolutely. And if we continue on with that positive mindset and to model that with our children, we can grow a community of learners that truly empathizes from their future generations before them and learn from our wrongs, but continue to grow and to help our world with making good choices um, and also helping, like I mentioned, the sustainability of protecting our earth for centuries and centuries to come. Wow, amazing. I love your thinking and we're so lucky to have you for the closing keynote. Just a couple of more questions before we wrap up. One of the inspirations that launched my summit uh, was the desire to inspire our delegates attending the conference to gain insight in, in, in getting beyond pockets of innovation and education. You know, what's at stake if we don't better prepare our students? That is a great question, Robert. And I really think that if we're stagnant in our thinking, and we are not risk takers in what we're doing for educational technology, we are not serving the needs of our students to the greatest potential. And because of that, we will be stagnant in what we create and make around our entire country and our global world. That means our students will actually be pretty much stuck. Um, when we think of the bigger picture, we're not gonna be able to move forward on creating, like I talked about sustainability, on our, our food, our produce, our healthcare, our human connectivity with our relationships with others. And because of that, our students will not know how to solve these world's future problems. We need to afford the opportunity to provide our children with modeled risk-taking behavior. We need to model how to design a system in which that it's safe to share ideas, to have interactive, constructivist debates, but able to be able to walk away from something when we don't agree, and even compromise and finding a way to meet, you, meet each other in the middle, to build each other up, to build a more sustainable and more powerful, positive world to live in. Wow. What is the role of mentorship in entrepreneurship in education? Mentorship. I'm glad you've also made that uh, key connection, Robert, because mentorship and entrepreneurship are critical to the lifelong investment of our children of today. Why and what happens when girls especially drop off the radar when it comes to STEM? It's because a female, it's a lack of female mentors in their lives whether it's an expertise coming in through a global webinar, whether it's a teacher that is mentoring them right in their own class, or whether it's a community member coming in to share their progress, to share their struggles, but to share their celebrations of learning. Mentorship is key in order for students to be actively engaged, to want to have an opportunity to try to create something that's new and innovative, but also to pursue a passion-driven career that they feel that they now have the confidence, they now have the purpose, and they now have the drive to pursue something that, that they thought could never be attainable. And when you look at the statistics nationwide or actually all throughout our world, when you interview high school students, 
right now, the research shows about 84% of high school students say that they want to own, operate, and run their own business. Wow. Even though they may not. Yeah, that is a true fact. Staggering. It is because our kids, even in today's school system, some of them are saying, I'm just not engaged. I want, I'd rather be doing this. Right. And when you look at our YouTube generation of kids, I mean, there are children that are 10 years old that have YouTube followers that have them over in the millions. Absolutely. They're already creating their entrepreneurial pathway. So because of that, they've never known anything different. So because of that, that entrepreneurial track is huge. We need more mentors that are entrepreneurs that also can come in and to mentor these students to share again their struggles, their challenges, their challenges, but their celebrations of learning and helping those students find the co- correct career pathway that fits their need or their niche. Because it's going to take a very creative mindset to find that niche of keeping our world going and having everybody buy in of why we need to go into that direction. With that, thank you so much for your time this evening, Naomi. Well, thank you so much, Robert. It's been a pleasure. Well, we're so looking forward to hosting you for the closing keynote at our 10th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit in Vancouver, December 5th to 6th. And I can't wait to participate and be an active learner along with you as well. Awesome. That was Naomi Harm, is the faculty member and closing keynote at our upcoming EdTech Leadership Summit. My name is Robert Merglanchi of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out www.mindsharelearning.com to get your latest issue. And until next time, keep the learning curve steep.